I'm Elisa Lasky, a senior video director here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer. And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries. We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. Cut. It's no secret that good organizations have good leaders. It's really as simple as that. But what's not so simple is figuring out what makes a good leader. Um, Putting together the right team, hiring the right people, keeping the right people, knowing when to empower them and when to kind of pull them back a little bit. It's it's this really delicate dance, and there's an awful lot hanging in the balance. Um, And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a good leader, specifically in the events industry. To do that, we're joined by Martha Bunker, who has years of leading events team. She's an events maverick. And um, weathered her fair share of storms. We're talking a little bit, some horror stories before. So it's going to be interesting to hear your perspective on some of this. But uh, Martha, to jump right in, like I said, hiring, hiring the right talent, keeping the right talent. Uh, Difficult nut to crack for virtually any industry. But I think there's some specific challenges when it comes to events because it's a niche industry. There's quirks involved that you don't see other places. So when you're putting together a team or, or hiring a team member, what are some of the things you look for, first of all, and has that criteria changed a little bit now that we kind of enter this post-COVID world? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, leadership has been a passion of mine over the years, and I'm happy to talk about it. Hiring people today is a little different than hiring people 10 years ago or even 20 plus years ago or even two years ago, (laughs) but 20 years ago. And I I think the the way to describe it the best is that you need to hire people that are passionate. Um, Hopefully, as a leader in this industry, you have the technical skills to do the job and you're able to train someone in your organization to know how to to do the job. Okay. The person needs to be passionate, curious. Um, the one red flag that I used to get is why do I why do you want to get into the events industry because it's a ton of fun. <laughs> well, it That's is a, a red flag yeah, right there. <laughs> it is a ton of fun. Naive. However, there's a lot about the events industry that people on the outside don't understand, which is negotiating contracts, working with vendors, partnerships with hotels. um, Stretching budgets. Stretching budgets. (laughs) um, Coming up with your own content. um, Dealing with a lot of problems. Absolutely. (laughs) um, Dealing with things that may not go the way that you think they should go. Um, So it's making sure that you have the right person who's flexible, um, that understands that this is really a customer service type right. of role. This is not a, you are not the one on the dance floor mm. with the hat on. Mm. Um, you're the you're wedding the one, planner, not the bride. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're not party planners. Yes. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, Which is a, a misconception. Totally. I think a lot of people see Totally. That and it irritates me to no end. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell from looking at yes. you the way you responded. <laughs> when, you're, when you're trying to find those people that are passionate or naturally curious, like, what do you look for? Because I think maybe in the interview prom- process, people can seem passionate or curious, but how do you feel like you've been able to, like, really find those people over the years? Well, it's, it's actually quite interesting that a lot of times in the interview process, you don't find that. And mm. it's pretty easy out of the gate. 
that they don't have the fire in the belly that you hope that they would have. Mm -hmm. um, I always hired people that had at least, even for lower level positions, that had at least three to five years in the events industry, mm -hmm. whether it be in or in the hospitality industry. It could be in a hotel. It could be in a casino. It could be in another place where you actually had to work with people. Um, the other statement that always gets to me is, I love working with people. Okay, you're not going to make it in this industry. <laughs> you're too sensitive already. Because you will start to hate people, right, but you right. can never let that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's your ability to be tolerant. Right, right. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, resumes speak for themselves. I was always lucky that I got tons of referrals. Um, I got referrals from people in the hotel industry that had worked with other meeting planners okay. um, and referred yeah. them to me that way. I rarely um, hired somebody that sort of came in off the street. Gotcha. So it's always like those relationships, those people Absolutely. that you trust that yeah. thus far you'll like be able yeah. to include someone else in your the team. The referrals are always the best. When I first started out in this industry, um, I wasn't as tolerant and patient as I may be now. Um, and I would come in as a screaming banshee, but that's how you learn. Yeah. Um, and I think the best way for people in the industry to learn now is to make mistakes. Yes. Um, especially younger people that are getting into this business that think they know everything about everything. Um, throw them out there and let them make a mistake and in a situation that's not going to affect a client relationship. Yeah, but sure. if it's an internal sales meeting and it can move along, it's not the end of the world. A right. contained disaster. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking to that a little bit, uh, as a leader, like what are some things that you try to do to support people that are learning or even if you have, you know, a B plus that you want to grow to an A, like like what are some things you do to kind of nurture talent from from beneath it and allow them to grow? Well, you have to care. I mean, you have to care about your people. The, the yeah. number one thing and I think being a successful leader is caring about them personally. And it's not just caring about the fact that they show up every day and do their job, but it's it's really caring about it's it's developing that relationship, caring about them as a person, as a person, um, yeah, because a and there's a big difference. And I think a lot of leaders don't understand that that it's not transactional. Mm -hmm. um, it's the whole I knew um, everyone on my team. Um, their personal lives. Sometimes I probably knew more than they wanted <laughs> me to know, but I was curious and probably a little too much of a curious busybody. And passionate. <laughs> no. Curiosity can be but, confused with passion. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's important because when things change and the way things changed 20 months ago, and we had to pivot so quickly, mm -hmm. um, having that strong relationship with your team gets you through the times that are, are tough. Yeah. Um, because you do have a relationship, and, and that works with um, partnerships with production companies, with hotels, with anything else, when you've got that personal relationship. And leaders find, I think, a lot of times that that's not important, but it is. So I'm curious, you know, as someone who's worked in leadership with a lot of different organizations, has there ever been things, maybe good or bad, that you've seen people do where you're like, hmm, that was really great, I'm going to carry that with me, or uh, I probably wouldn't do that? <laughs> well, my, I think my leadership style is probably different from a lot of other event um, leaders 
because I felt that it was so important for um, my team to understand what they were doing, not from a transactional standpoint, ordering food and beverage and making sure the room was set up, but they truly understood what the goal was. Mm, yeah. And I think that um, where this industry has sort of made some mistakes is it's not a transactional job. Yeah. It's not a transactional um, position. And it's something that actually requires probably a bit more intelligence than we're given credit for mm. of understanding content, understanding strategy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and being the one that makes sure that the team gets their place at the table. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, we were talking earlier about we're not party planners um, at all. Yeah. And we have to know, you have to know your business. You have to know, I mean, I was in financial services for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. I had to understand and had to know what all the terminology was. Right, right. Um, and I got to know clients. Um, and they didn't look at us as just the ones that were ordering the hot dogs or handing out the name tags. <laughs> Definitely. It was, we were involved in the business and they could come to us and we were the trusted advisor. And that yeah. is what... I think is very important, not only for the leader of an organization, but also for all of the people that work within the organization. They need to be their own leaders of owning it. Mm. Um, and it's not just, um, you know, making sure that you had nice tablecloths. It really is. And I had the opportunity of stepping back from this role and getting into um, a different role at a previous company where... Um, I did. I wasn't doing event work. I was in marketing, and um, all of a sudden, I began to realize what do you notice when you go to an event? Mm. And all the That's things that I thought was really, really important really wasn't that important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really flipped. It it flipped a lot of things on its head for me when mm. I said, you know, and I need to understand more about what we're, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the goal of this? Right. Um, and I think a lot of times leaders don't ask that um, question mm -hmm. of the people that they're working with. Of yeah. What are you really trying to accomplish? And forget about, well, I want to make sure the meeting's in Phoenix. doesn't right. matter. It's what are you trying to accomplish? Right, right. What were some of those details that you saw that, that – Previously, you didn't think were such a big deal and became a big deal. Like anything specific? Well, or? it was content. Okay, mm. the content what was, was much yes, and what was being said, and mm. and what what the speakers said, how long they spoke for, mm. um, what their slides looked like. Yeah. Um, when you walked into a ballroom, where were where were the seats? Were people sitting on? Um, you know, high stools, so that was always a pet peeve of mine. Really? Where was the screen? Um, and my team used to laugh because I'd say, um, if you are doing front screen projection, make sure that the screen is kitty corner. Mm. If it's straight on, and every hotel will put a screen straight, straight on. Mm -hmm. Well, someone's walking back and forth in front of it. Yeah, um, that light in their face. And the lights in the, the face. And there's a little shadow over the graphics. Um, and screen. it's a, it's a, it's a little, it's a little thing, but it's actually a big thing. So why wouldn't you put a kitty corner? Yeah. Um, so I had sort of, you know, certain things that it, it's like, no, that doesn't doesn't work. The, the audience experience. You're much more <clears throat> yeah. about exactly. like what is the experience we're creating as opposed to is the checklist check. Exactly. You know, yeah. Which, both important, but. 
if you're only checking the checklist and not thinking about what the actual experience yeah. is, or to your point, trying to see it from their point of view, exactly. you're just going to miss like certain yeah. perspectives. You've got to put yourself in the person that is sitting in, and I had a, a great mentor many years ago that, that said to me, what happens when the doors open? Mm. Yeah, put yourself in the perspective of that audience member exactly. and what they're getting out of it. Yeah. Um, because that's how you, that's how you put on a, a really successful event is that you've got to put yourself in their shoes and you have to understand what their shoes are. Right, right. How has your experience like in leadership, especially in the events industry, like working with clients? I know for us, like working with clients, it can be a very collaborative experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a very, it's not a collaborative experience. <laughs> what has I guess, especially as someone who, you know, knows the strategy mm -hmm. and knows the importance of content, how have you kind of like balanced those relationships and really putting on the best event for them? Well, any type of a relationship you have with it, with any vendor, it has to be a partnership mm -hmm. and you have to both realize that you're in it together and that if you're not in it together, it's not going to be successful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some part, you know, yeah. So keeping things, it's more than just a transactional yeah. relationship. Um, yeah. And sometimes part, the partnership doesn't work. Yeah. And then you have to sort of cut your losses and, and find somebody whose partnership does work. Um, and I've been really lucky over the years where we've, I've had incredible relationships with really great partners. Yeah. And we were in it together. It wasn't, I was the client and they were, mm -hmm. and they weren't. Right. We right. had to be in it together. Oh, yeah. And that's ultimately what, how you're going to produce content that is really great in an event that right. is really, you know it fulfills the strategy, like you said, and like the ultimate goal. And everybody has a voice. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you communicate with these big, smart personalities and make them understand that sometimes your suggestion is to help them as opposed to telling them what to do? Or did you experience that only me? Maybe I just <laughs> No, no, that's, and that's, we've all experienced that. Um, and some are better at um, taking suggestions than others. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, as a leader in an organization, whether or not you are the head of the organization or you're doing your job within it, you have to ask, you have to be able to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to ask a ton of questions. I, you know, let me see your president. And yeah. some are better at taking, um, we've had, we had many speakers that just, it was their pat speech and that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also used uh, only one or two speakers bureaus, so they understood what we were looking for, and we would get to a situation where we were looking for this. This is what we're trying to accomplish. It goes back to that same yeah. question of what are you trying to accomplish? Not who do you want. Who do you want to talk? Right. Mm -hmm. That's not the important question. Is what are you trying to convey? What emotion? And then we'll yeah. find. Them. Oh, that's and a, then and that's then you find partner. then it's you find vendor. then you find the right speaker to go in it. And um, if you don't set it up with this is the goal of the event, and then all of a sudden there's just somebody pl plopped in there. It's like, well, right. what's the relevance of? Even if they're a great speaker, they might yeah. not be relevant to the content. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sometimes you'll have someone that's very relative to the content that's a really lousy speaker and you just move on. Yep, you got to find <laughs> so, that balance. Right. <laughs> Beyond the speaker bureau, has there been any good ways that you've been able to find really good speakers and talent? I'm sure because after doing a lot of events, I'm sure you work with very similar people and have done that for a lot of years. Um, word of mouth. 
Mm -hmm. um, it, and it's also it also goes back to understanding what the what the common goal is. And I mean, we got into situations where every year we would have the previous um, you know head of the free world speak. Mm -hmm. um, but then we got to the point of well, maybe our clients aren't going to necessarily appreciate that person. Maybe we should partner them with someone else. Right, right. Um, so we came up with suggestions to the Speakers Bureau saying, well, what about putting oh, together awesome. this person and that person as to, as opposed to just what you've usually done? Mm -hmm. So you've that's why you've sort of got to be, and you get it from, you know, reading the news. Yeah. Right, right. Just staying on top mm -hmm. of it, seeing who's kind of like knowing the landscape, if you will. You know, we had a, we had an, a, a huge client event happen um, right after uh, bin laden was was killed mm. and everyone that we had coming into that event was a news person mm. and i remember getting up and we're hearing it that night um on the news thinking i'm looking at five keynotes tomorrow no that easily no could <laughs> and they all came wow wow that's awesome and um I really, it was, some of them were keynotes that we had used in the past, so they knew us and they knew the organization and we had the relationship, mm -hmm. but that's when that relationship really, really helps. Mm. So those key relationships are, are pretty key. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the most dynamic pairing of the world leaders? I'm just curious as to some of the, some of the people that you heard speak together and what they were like together. Well, the, one of the better w ones was Bill Clinton and Madeleine Albright, which okay. was they had never spoken together. Okay. Um, so was, there was like that genuine good. curiosity. Yes. Okay. And, um, and a, a genuine affection for each other. Mm. That's interesting. So it worked out well. That's great. That's awesome. Speaking of kind of like partnership, kind of shifting gears for mm -hmm. a little bit, when you're, because obviously, you know, you're working with clients, but also working with agencies and production houses, when you're working with an agency or production house, what do you look for, you know, beyond obviously passion <laughs> and knowing that they can do it? What do you look for, like in a partnership? Um, flexibility. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> that we're on the same page in terms of what we're looking for. Price. Yeah. I mean, budget is always oh, key. Yep. Um, but it's the ability to know enough about what you need, and they know enough about what you need to come to the common ground. Of you know, you don't necessarily need that, mm -hmm. so we can take that money and use it for right. something else. They're not just a help you manage it. Yes, because it's it's. It's an issue on both sides of the fence. So it's right. like, hey, we're dealing with the same budget here. How could we use it to the way so everybody wins? Yeah. That, that mentality. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that they have, like they, like you said, like they know the common goal so that they can help you kind of decide what to do and in these circ circumstances to be able to create the best, you know, event or thing. Well, it's and content. it's the best experience. And if you make sure that you are communicating to all of your partners so that they understand what you're trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. it's a much better relationship. And it ends up being a much better product at the end because everybody has been brought into it and everybody understands. All the, all the great minds have collaborated yes. and created the best product. And everybody wants to know what's the end goal. Right. Yeah. And if if we were to get involved in something and just not tell anybody, well, what it, it's going to bust. <laughs> <laughs> so. Who's, um, who surprised you most as a keynote? Like who were you, were you maybe not expecting a lot from or expecting it to go one way and come another way? I'm just curious as someone, because I know you've, you've, you've been backstage for some some really amazing um it was 
probably um, a, a former president. Okay. Who, good or bad? Who yeah, was, good way, bad way. <laughs> Did they surprise you in a good way? It surprised me in a good way. Okay, it was cool. not necessarily a president that I would have supported. Um, a speaker. <laughs> and speaking, getting to know him one-on-one -on -one and was pretty amazing in its own right. Yeah. But, but just what he revealed while being on stage... Interesting. It was like, wow, you had a really, you needed a better press secretary because <laughs> you were, I never heard about any you of were much better. You were but much better. But that vulnerability, like yeah. it, the, the, the ability to be um, an honest speaker, I think, is like and fantastic from that point. I think everyone was sort of walked away from that saying, wow, you know, even though most of the people in the audience probably had supported him as, as sure. president, I think they saw a much more... Um, dynamic person yeah. one that wasn't falling all over his words yes. um yeah. as the press much. had accused <laughs> him of so yes. um, but they had that more you know that experience if mm -hmm. we go back to that audience experiencing that ability to to right. put to walk away from that was something more than just that was a keynote of that was like that was a really yeah. you know an honest portrayal an honest look into this person's personality i think is great really leaves them with something. And it, it, to go back to what you said earlier, it is really important to make sure that you spend that time prior to the event of working with that speaker right. and just letting them know yeah. what, what goal you're trying to accomplish, who's in the room, what to say, what not to say. Right. Um, yeah, goes a long way. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> because they want to be successful. Nobody too. wants Definitely. to bomb. Right. I don't care if you're a president yes, or exactly. pitbull or who's ever up yeah. there. No yeah. one wants to get on stage yes. just being like, no one wants me yeah. to be here. Right. So and here, you're helping them. That yeah. ain't fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> even if your speech is really great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, uh, Martha, this has been fantastic. We're we're just about running, but I want to thank you so much for for joining thank us. Thank you. Today. Yes, thank you so much. That's another episode of Pivot Points. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.